Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Critically analyzing global affairs. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's news talk radio, TNT. All right. Uh, first hour and my chat with Aaron Smith of the Subtle Kane podcast. So do... Uh, if you missed it check the archives for that chat and do subscribe to his podcast i was a guest on his program and uh, he's chatted to a lot of great folks james corbett james raguski uh and, and and others and i think it's important to support to support the people um doing this work who are you know passionately and earnestly putting in uh, long hours in, in these passion projects of podcasts and substacks and and, and whatnot so do, do follow and subscribe uh and we got Jose Nino coming up some algorithm ghetto news Kenya expands its controversial digital ID system taking a decisive move towards embracing dystopian technology the Kenyan government has formally published legislation redecorating its digital ID system so you notice this is what governments keep doing people keep saying no we don't want it and then they just rebrand it I've mentioned before here in Mexico the Mexican government tried to push the cashless system they're still trying to do it the the first iteration was called Cody so you log into any banking app in Mexico and there's the Cody it says activate me and start using contactless payments pay with your phone NFC blah 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 Mexicans aren't having it so they're like okay we, we rebranded it now it's called the Dimi and when I log into my app uh you know there's a notification the first thing that just covers the screen is Dimi activate me activate Dimi and I'm like no get out of my face I'm not activating this I'm just using cash I just use cash <laughs> so uh and so is it here what they're doing in, in in Kenya now it says the new modality builds upon its existing infrastructure for biometric citizen registration allotting provisions for the issuance of a digital ID card a comprehensive digital register of individuals and a unique personal identifier Again, if you read books like those by Edwin Black, IBM and the Holocaust, this literally sounds like 1930s Germany, if you ask me. I'm not kidding. You know, the Nazis wanted to create this system, this paper computer for classifying all citizens. Just like it says here, they want in Kenya to have a comprehensive digital register of individuals, a unique personal identifier. They're going to know what religion you are, what gender you are, uh, your, your, your age, your financial status, blah, blah, blah. And so when the time comes, for the turnkey tyranny to be applied as Snowden calls it turnkey tyranny they will be able to throw you into the algorithm ghetto if not you know a physical ghetto so uh, I mean just reading further this article makes me nauseous talks about making the process of generating birth certificates simpler directly assigning them to newborns um absolutely crazy so and they've even got um they're bringing in the religious people it says uh, a bishop chairman of the evangelical alliance of Kenya stressed the need for the program to address fears right yeah okay great in Nebraska jumping to Nebraska Nebraska collecting all health data on all residents critics call it a step toward national digital ID lawmakers have created a state's health information technology board to collect health info on all 
Nebraskans in a centralized data and surveillance system. Critics warned the system marks a step toward the oppressive control of digital ID and digital currency that could sweep the U.S. So from Nebraska to Kenya, they keep moving this uh, along. Economic news, Citigroup plans to announce major layoffs on Monday to cut costs. Bank is undergoing massive restructuring. It will result in tens of thousands of positions eliminated. Absolutely crazy. Also, Wells Fargo acts as another 13 branches in a single week as a host of banks shut down vital services. Wells uh, filed to close 13 branches, five in California, three in Florida. Key Bank with branches in Northwest and Northeast will close 10 charters. None of this sounds good. We've got Zelensky coming out and saying that Russia will start a war in the Balkans. There will be a new explosion there. Great. Just what the doctor ordered. My most recent podcast was with Mario Boich of the Mario's Not podcast. And uh, we were talking about this. And he says, if if anything happens in the Balkans, it's the West. It's it's the West. So on one hand, we can't take Zelensky serious because a lot of the stuff he said hasn't come true. But on the other hand, you, you never know. Uh, also, it's being reported. Russia warns NATO of catastrophic consequences as tensions with Moscow threaten World War III. Russia has warned the West of catastrophic consequences if relations continue to sour, sparking World War III fears between Moscow and NATO. The Russian Foreign Ministry released a dire statement on the 90th anniversary of the Russian-U.S. relationship warning relations were hanging by a thread. The statement read in part, quote, owing to Washington's policy of rampant Russophobia, relations risk being severed at any moment. This is not Russia's choice, but reckless moves on the part of the U.S. that spin the wheel of escalation, including the doctrinal task of inflicting a strategic defeat on Moscow, risk leading to catastrophic consequences. We've also got reports in Middle East now. Yeah, Iraq's resistance front expands to U.S.-Israeli war on Gaza. So watch the Iraqi resistance um, possibly getting involved in what could become a wider Middle Eastern war, and you've got Scientific American editorial uh, calling on the U.S. not to join China-Russia in nuclear arms race, recommending abandoning certain nuclear modernization programs, especially new ICBM. Hans Christensen, nuclear expert, says, why plant a $100 billion nuclear kick-me sign on the country's breadbasket? So, yeah, that kind of seems like uh, you know something out of the Jeff Nyquist uh, school, where they're looking to you know, imagine America just where we're we're commit uh, com committing seppuku, right? The destroying our uh, military and now getting you know winding down our nuclear program while our adversaries uh, accelerate theirs, uh, almost like you know the it's the the, the perfect. Um, what do you call it? The, the the perfect storm for Russia and China and others to strike America. Uh, all right, that's most of the most interesting news we got here for a complete list of shows and our schedule offered on TNT. Just visit tntradio.live. We serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of incredible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction right here on TNT Radio. Abroad or at home, this is your news. By staying silent, we are part of the problem. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
as important as the internet has become in every aspect of our modern lives, in 2023, you would think by now that people would be a little better about protecting their personal information by using strong passwords. But alas, no. A security company has revealed the list of the most commonly used passwords in the world, which are all also among the easiest ones to crack. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio news producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Avori. Kind of similar, uh, continuing a theme you and I were discussing in the last hour here, uh, another potential problem that's just begging for a technocratic type solution. Um, NordPass, they are the company, they published its 2023 edition of the top 200 most common passwords this week, revealing that a significant number of them can be cracked in under a second using brute force tools. The most common password, one, two, three, four, five, six, was recorded more than 4.5 million times, according to NordPass, which noted that it takes less than one second to crack. The second worst uh, password, the most offending one, is the word admin, which took the same amount of time to crack and was recorded more than 4 million times. Uh, there were, of course, common number-based passwords like 1234, 1234568, and 123. Those were all also common and can be also similarly cracked in under one second. The password password ranked as number seven with more than 718,000 entries and could be cracked in a similar amount of time. According to the company, a variation uh, of that uh, password being specifically capital P then the at symbol, uh, and then instead of a, an O, you use the letter, I mean, the number zero. That was also commonly reported. And believe it or not, you think you're clever, but that took less than a second to bypass. Uh, similarly, here's some other ones that were uh, similar variations. Uh, so please check yourselves, people. If you use things like this, stop. you got to make a stronger password. So don't use password with a capital P, QWERTY, ABC123, QWERTY UIOP user admin one two three administration admin one two three four minecraft that's an interesting one uh asd asd welcome motorola qwerty one two three those are all similar variations and were considered very easy for uh people to crack uh and then here are the top 20 most used passwords drum roll please they include one two three four five six admin one two three four five six seven eight one two three four five six seven eight nine one two three four one two three four five password one two three capital A lowercase a one two three four five six one two three four five six seven eight nine zero unknown in all capital letters uh, and I think you get the idea so um, it's not clear if whether or not unknown in all capital letters is an actual password that people use frequently or if it was an error that was made when compiling the list. <laughs> uh, fascinating uh, here. It says the trends for 2023 don't appear to differ much from previous reports from NordPass, which have found that passwords like the one, two, three, four, five, six, or the word password are often used. Um, and then there was a the whole point of all this. Why is he even talking about this? Well, clearly we have a problem with passwords and this idea is not lost on the big technology technological firms uh, that want to become big technocrats and rule our lives. 
So check this out. Earlier this year, Google announced it would roll out an update for its users that it describes as, quote, the beginning of the end of the password, end quote. There is now an eye on the new prize, which are pass keys. And that's what Google is going to start doing moving forward. The tech giant suggested passwords may eventually be phased out for its products, including popular ones like Gmail and YouTube. The company wrote in a post, quote, of course, like any new beginning, the change to pass keys will take time. That's why passwords and 2SV, which is um, um, uh, that's the two-factor two author authorization stuff, will still work for Google account accounts. We look forward to helping people and others in the industry take this next leap to make signing in easier and safer with Google. End quote. That's right. You will soon be able to log in, and it will be safer and effective, Harvori. But um, clearly, uh, th this is all weaved into the whole concept of proof who you are, digital ID, blockchain, mark of the beast kind of stuff. Yeah. Most definitely. I, I heard about that a year back, maybe. Uh, it's still not clear to me what the Google Passkey thing is, how it's going to function exactly. But you can go to the website, Google Passkeys. It says it lets you sign in with just your fingerprint, face scan, or screen lock i don't know what the screen lock means but again the the mark of the beast your your forehead face scan or your right hand typically your 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 fingerprint but again the the point is here are you ideologically aligned with the regime if you're not then you won't be able to scan and access your google account you know jordan peterson whatever one thinks of him, him now but back in the day um they shut off his entire google account which had gmail and everything uh for a while so uh, there's that and it, it kind of reminds me of this story i saw yesterday i i, I reshared this video donald tusk uh eu totalitarian technocratic apparatchik who was prime minister of poland and uh, some say will probably be again there's a video of him <laughs> where it was broadcast on television he revealed his phone pin code it was five 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 i think or five 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 very <laughs> very creative tusk they didn't even try to hide it you know i mean usually if you log in you you take your phone and you turn it so no one can see it or use uh i don't know your fingerprint uh and then it says this is not his first mistake regarding security a moment before the meeting of the council of ministers in 2012 journalists noticed that tusk's login and password were placed on a piece of paper taped to his laptop so our politicians are pretty uh pretty dumb uh you know Bruce Schneier uh I follow a number of cybersecurity experts to to uh, learn how to uh you know maintain good cybersecurity uh he's got some tips on passwords Gabriel Custodia to watch from privacy podcast who I've had on TNT a number of times is a good resource and I'm noticing uh you know my geopolitics and empire is uh I'm a I'm an uh affiliate with above phone and I've noticed I've been getting a, 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 a an increasing number of um the commissions I guess people are now starting to worry and they're buying de-googled phones so that's one another way for me to uh for people to help me out um so it seems like people are getting more uh interested any, any other thoughts here Ruckus people people are eventually going to get forced to purchase smartphones that's the first phase of this I actually have a friend who is a holdout so he's refusing to get like anything beyond like a, a cheap throwaway brick phone kind of thing right so 
he's he's having trouble difficulty accessing his Google account, which is like the lifeblood to access your email to get logged into any other accounts. Google really owns your butt on this stuff because they're going to force you to have like an Android device or a smartphone, you know, to, to even have like a verified Google account. And then, you know, that's the jumping point for a lot of other things. And I can see how easy that is to just switch that over to the to the digital ID thing. By the way, this whole story reminded me of, I don't know, if, I'm sure you've seen the movie Spaceballs, a uh, classic, absolutely love that movie. But there was the scene where the the king was forced to uh, give up the the security code for the for the the the, the dome, the protection, the, the shield or whatever it was, so they could suck all the air off the planet. Uh, and it was like one, two, three, four, and they were, somebody made the comment that that's the type of uh, thing that an idiot would have on his luggage for a code. And then the president of the planet says, remind me to change my code on my luggage. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I saw that film, but also reminds me, you know, two-factor authentication uh, is, is very good for people to use. But I think you're right. You know, I've been experimenting with shutting the Wi-Fi off in my home. I even bought um, the adapter to plug my phone in through the internet, Ethernet. So there's no Wi-Fi if I need to use my smartphone and my bank wouldn't allow me to access because here in Mexico, it's crazy. You can't access your bank account unless they know where you are ge geolocated. And so they said, we can't find your location through your phone being connected through the Ethernet. And it's crazy. So like, I literally cannot access unless I uh, have a smartphone with, that's using Wi-Fi or 4G. So then they know where I am geolocated. It's absolutely crazy. And I think it's like you say, in the near future, uh, you know, you if you don't have a smartphone, you won't be able to function. Uh, you know, that's why they're getting rid of the physical bank branches. There won't be one to go to. It's like get a smartphone or you can't have any money. It's <laughs> it's a sad state of affairs. Well, have a great weekend, uh, Ruckus. We got Jose Nino on the other side. You should hear what Greg Maybury is talking about. We talk of an impending third world war reaching fever at the pitch. Perhaps it's time for us all to come to terms with some little known history regarding the causes of the first two. Our past is not quite as cut and dried as our history books would have us all believe, if, which is an understatement of epic dimensions. I know this because I used to teach history, although I wasn't aware of it at the time. And I now know pretty much well everything that I ever taught my students about both wars was uh, a distortion of the truth at best, if not an outright lie, via omission of inconvenient facts and realities. And the historical record was compiled to distort the truth, thereby keeping it hidden from future generations, and I might add there too, from perhaps future history teachers like myself and those to come. The bottom line is that the great powers that be, past and present, do not want the critical masses discovering who the really bad guys were or are, what motivated them to instigate these wars, and how they were able to pull it all off without people smelling a rat. This so they could do it all over again when they deemed the occasion demanding it. And it now seems like that occasion has arrived again. The No Fly Zone with Greg Maybury on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the President. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming President of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion. 
to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's gonna protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live. All right. Closing out the week for me is uh, Jose Nino here with us, purveyor of contrarian political insights, freelance writer, political analyst based in Austin, Texas. Find him on X at Jose A.L. Nino and check out his Substack, Jose Nino Unfiltered. He's got his own podcast and does analysis. What's happening, Jose? Oh, um, I was getting a pretty good laugh earlier today after I was reading this one article from Foreign Affairs that was accusing um, AMLO of like excessively militarizing mexico and i was also um just laughing at some videos of like nikki haley and vivek ramaswamy just like continuing to scuffle over the course of like the past few months of the debates it's a pretty funny compilation of stuff that i spent my idle time consuming i i've been laughing at nikki haley lately although some of it's not a joke i mean she's been yeah pushing... no no nuts yeah she... She's been pushing digital ID, social credit. ID, uh, yes, yeah, right. Get it rid, getting rid of anonymity, which de facto is digital ID, which is de facto social credit system in the West. Uh, and uh, she's been having phone calls with Jamie Dimon, right? So it seems like the bankers are getting keen on backing Nikki. And then, of course, she's a hardliner on war, war, war. She's like the female version of. Uh, Forgetting his name now, John, um, the bomb bomb Iran dude. Oh my goodness, I'm forgetting names. McCain, McCain right? Yeah. <laughs> so, your your thoughts on uh, Haley and sort of the uh, current scene? And then there was this Republican who just dropped out as well that no one even cared or knew. Yeah. Um, 
yeah his name uh, for uh, so yeah your, your thoughts on some of this stuff yeah nikki haley is like totally unhinged um she was a total tea party star and i was always skeptical of her from like day one like this was like well over a decade ago that when she entered the scene i just was never sold on her and her track record as south carolina governor was just really sketchy and then when she became like UN ambassador, I she just further proved her neocon tendencies. Now she's just completely, for lack of a better word, just batshit crazy. I she's a neocon through and through. She is a donor class's favorite candidate, but she's not gonna win the nomination just because of the fact that like Trump just totally dominates. My fear is she will try to um, wiggle her way back into the political mix though and that's why i am i'm kind of scared that trump may have not learned lessons of his first administration and she'll somehow insinuate herself or she'll have like a proxy insinuate themselves into the a potential trump second presidency yeah i'm noticing a a lot of commentators are kissing up to nikki haley uh yeah people that i follow you've got these sort of even some of these alternative media figures some that i've interviewed on their twitter sphere um they're still really into the military industrial complex it's kind of weird i'm i'm kind of bummed out by that but i see them tagging nikki to try to get her attention to get a retweet and i'm like what are you guys doing total total cringe um but i saw you interviewed by the way i was listening to your most recent podcast it's funny because you interviewed uh, i think matthew Raphael Johnson and I actually uh recently came across him and I think he was on Pequinona's show or someone's yes. show and yeah. someone told me also I uh to have him on and uh, I was planning to interview have him on but the issue for me is I need to sometimes you got to do a deep dive on some of your guests and especially someone like him who's got a bunch of books I kind of got to figure out who is this guy what is he all about but um Uh, Let's continue talking about that after the headlines. Attention! Special bulletin, special bulletin. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The UK government cannot guarantee any Rwanda deportation flights will take off before the next UK general election, which polling claims the governing conservatives are likely to lose, suggesting the policy is unlikely to ever happen. Spain's Pedro Sanchez was re-elected as Prime Minister by the nation's parliament on Thursday when he leveraged a controversial amnesty deal to get the critical support from Catalan separatists to stay in power. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. We're chatting with Jose Nino of Jose Nino Unfiltered on Substack. And so your most recent podcast, the guest, this academic, uh, Jose, uh, Matthew Raphael Johnson, discusses the breakdown of the liberal international order. Uh, I had Tom Luongo on the program uh, last night. I think he also uh, agrees. And, you know, whatever one thinks of multipolarity, uh, you know, just look at the the Biden-Xi meeting, right, where... Uh, Blinken is just totally embarrassed, like openly embarrassed. Uh, and, you know, Danny Haifong had a great comment 
regarding uh, some of the footage coming out of there, he said recently, I'm trying to find it, here it is, he says, watching Blinken cringe at Biden is like watching the American empire crash and burn in real uh, time. And then Neboisha Malich, our mutual friend, also says, there's the abstract understanding of the phrase, those whom the gods would destroy, they first make mad. And then there is watching it actually unfold in real time. Uh, so, you know, what are some of your takeaways uh, from your chat with Matthew, Raphael Johnson, and then, you know, your, your further thoughts on the breakdown of the international order? Oh, that guy's an interesting character, very politically incorrect um, and straight to the point. No BS. He he understands a lot of the big picture issues and he's very good not just on like international affairs but he, he understands domestic trends very well he's definitely a member of the dissident right and um he has a very strong understanding of russian and ukrainian history too which is quite impressive because he's not just like any other commentator like on alternative media because alternative media these days i generally support it more so the mainstream media but there's still some weird characters out there that I think are questionable in terms of their credentials and just overall analysis, but he's pretty solid. I highly recommend him. Um, the, the funny thing with that she's visit, I like how like San Francisco got immediately cleaned up just for she, because it's like the equivalent of like a person whose house is like a total mess. But when their parents or somebody very important has to come in, they just like immediately clean up like in the lead up to that visit. And I feel like this is like almost symbolic of like this changing order now where the U.S. has to like impress the Chinese. But if anything, um, that cleanup is also indicative of the fact that the U.S., um, Things have gotten so bad in the U.S. that, like, they are. Um, I think that U.S. policymakers are conscious of the fact that cities in the U.S. have become so dilapidated that they will they will get roasted by international powers for like the really putrid state of their city. So they have to like create the temporary illusion that things are a okay in these cities, and then the, once like G's out of there, the city will go back to its decadent state. Yeah, it's 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 uh, John Robb, you know, who I've become a fan of, thanks to Matt Smith, uh, who I've interviewed, who's down in the Uruguay. He writes the uh, John Robb writes the Global Guerrillas Report, and he's using this phrase a lot, talking about the hollow state, and I think that's excellent. The mm. hollow state, which is what yes. we're living in, many nations now, many of our governments are breaking down. They're hollow, hollow men, hollow states. Gavin Newsom is the a picture perfect example of that total hollow man uh, for the hollow state he came out and just as you mentioned he's like it's true that we cleaned up things quickly um it's, it's basically saying like we really don't care you know we, we can solve these problems if we want to homelessness drug addiction but you know what we're not going to do it we're more concerned with uh dealing with she and the the the, 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 the we're the global elites you know and it's um yeah. i think I, I had a guest on i can't re recall who it was uh, who's who said that the global elites are telling us to our face like um you know that we're doing this to you and you can't do anything about it um you know ha 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 uh and so uh, and i'm just curious i've been seeing a yes. few of these articles yeah and, and i've been seeing a few of these articles um 
you know, this this one's from Chicago the other day, but there was another one I saw as well. It says Chicago is so unpleasant because you're uh, you're Venezuelan American. Uh, Chicago is so un- unpleasant. Migrants are fleeing back to Venezuela after being dumped in shelters and refused jobs. Um, and I've been seeing stuff like this. Any thoughts on that? Yes, actually, that reminded me of an incident too in New York City where a Dominican corner store owner had the that fought, had to fight back a uh burglar and he had I think like ended up like stabbing him to death in self-defense and he he was initially charged with like murder and stuff but they dropped the charges and they ruled it as like a legitimate act of self-defense but this guy ended up hightailing to the uh, Dominican Republic because he said like he felt like a lot safer there than US and while I would say Venezuela is a lot worse than the U.S., um, I do believe that the U.S. is beginning to lose um, a lot of its appeal um, in terms of how a lot of major cities are becoming a, more dangerous. Moreover, the economic prospects are not that good either. And I've long been saying this for a while, and this has been – how this has been accelerated since black lives matter but most um american cities the major cities especially they're having crime rates that are comparable to the so-called developing world if not higher and people are not realizing that us is gradually turning into a banana republic both in terms of the politics and also the socioeconomic conditions yeah, you know, I'm hearing from Mexicans who are returning from the U.S. saying, uh, you know, cost of living issue. Uh, I had a guest, Don Marco Shinsky, tell me recently that Latinos and Mexican immigrants in the U.S. are kidnapping, kidnapping each other now and committing extortion within the uh, U.S., which is pretty, uh, pretty wild. Um, but and by the way one way i find to pass the time i don't it's kind of weird thing one way i kind of de-stress sometimes is is i watch live leak there's a telegram channel which shows raw footage of across the world of people uh car crashes and robberies and stuff and it's just kind of like i don't know i just find um (laughs) it's interesting for me to watch um but going to latin america for a moment uh there was this story new york times of course pentagon times which is titled Mm. Trump and Bolsonaro claimed fraud. Now an Argentine candidate is too, Javier Millet, far right Mm. libertarian economist. Uh, And I guess that that this weekend, Sunday is the um, election. And it's funny because I think for a lot of us, we know that there there was fraud with the election with Trump, with Bolsonaro, probably now with Millet uh, as well. And so the regime which new york times represents is uh saying no no no, you can't these guys are crazy trump bolsonaro Millet, conspiracy theorists the you know we never lie we never cheat uh you know your your thoughts on this as well as um Millet's chances of becoming president and and if he did you know what might happen well the <clears throat> The reality is that there, there is now a more like U.S. concerted effort, I think, um, to 
start of attacking like the international right, if not like, or any person that's like a fellow traveler of that. And they're singling out the likes of Bolsonaro, Millet, and whatever. These candidates are a mixed bag because Millet, um, his domestic policies are interesting from like the abolition of the central bank calling for that and his willingness to go to war with the regulatory state in Argentina is commendable, but the guy's also like a really outspoken Zionist too. And I, um, I also think as well, um, his abolish the central bank thing could be a bait and switch to get the, Argentine peso to be like dollarized to like where the Argentinian economy becomes fully dollarized and just becomes like another extension of the U.S. So I don't know. I, I sometimes feel that these type of candidates, right wing candidates in Latin America, they tend to really emulate themselves, emulate like the the right, like the so called right in the Republican Party in the U.S. Basically, the neocon right. Yeah, I have seen a bit about that. And, you know, um, Daniel McAdams of Ron Paul Institute has and others have sort of commented um, on that. And just going back to Xi Jinping, uh, you know, I haven't had time to look at it, but and you mentioned AMLO, uh, Lopez Obrador, president of Mexico, technically my president as well. Mm -hmm. uh, he mm -hmm. met yesterday with Xi Jinping, I think for the first time ever. Uh, Mexico took on a new IMF loan, which is stupid. I don't know why they're doing that, uh, indebting themselves to the globalists. But um, and then you mentioned Mexico becoming militarized. I mean, it is it, it is kind of happening, but I guess it's a complicated uh, issue. Do you, you have any thoughts lately on, on Mexico, AMLO, um, Xi Jinping and whatnot? I think that piece I was reading is kind of hyperbolic, to be honest, the foreign affairs piece, because I think there's um there is an underlying agenda behind it when you think about it. Because when you read it, they're trying to lump AMLO into this like whole umbrella of populist politicians that the globalist ruling class hates. And I think that's was the agenda behind that piece above all. It might be true that there is some militarization going, but the way he's being depicted in that article is that he's about to like uh, set up like the new type of pre slash one party state dominant structure that characterized Mexican politics for most of like the 20th century. Yeah, I think that that is a good uh, point that they're typically going after some mm -hmm. of the leaders that are maybe more loose cannons, so to speak. Uh, and, you know, what has also been big news on the in the metaverse uh you know bin laden has been resurrected once again uh you know he died in 2001 too according to my estimates they brought him back in 2009 they brought him back again with um this apparently he went viral on TikTok. people read his letter from 2002 published in the guardian guardian removed it but um uh i guess my point here was going back to the whole israel uh stuff you wrote about the adl director jonathan greenblatt losing his mind about zoomers lack of support of uh israel and again i'm re referencing john rob who made an excellent comment earlier today that i uh reshared he said 
where is it? I'm about to pull it up. Here it is. It says, the White House is angry that Israel, and by extension, this administration is losing the online information war. This spurious claim attempts to shift some blame for the loss on Elon Musk. It won't uh, work. You've got the whole Ben Shapiro, Candace Owen thing. Uh, again, I'm not even terribly keen on Candace Owen. I've seen evidence uh, that she was kind of like AOC. Apparently, Candace Owen was like in this talent agency. And they it's almost like they pick these people who are just yeah. actors and then blow them up to become these conservative or left-wing uh, gurus personas. And I don't think that's cool. That kind of makes me think less now of Candace Owens. But uh, what do you make of all of this stuff that's going on? Oh, it's crazy. Um, I think there is a narrative collapse uh, occurring because of Israel. The the Daily Wire Civil War is one of like the most fascinating things watching like Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro go after it. But yeah, she has a war is one of like the most fascinating things watching like Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro go after it. But yeah, she has a she has a very um sketchy background because she her previous persona red pill black she apparently was um running like some website for like doxing people and stuff and then she went um and became like a conservative influencer um and she just hops from like gig to gig like teams up with kanye and now is with the daily wire um, I will say this, she is like a grifter, but she's got a talent and she knows where like the wind is blowing in terms of trends. And I think she's correct on just rejecting the Zionist status quo. So that should be commended. But I think there is an agenda behind what she's doing because she is trying to cultivate like an audience and really broaden her audience. And she is ultimately like a conservative influencer slash entertainer. So she's going to go where the discussion's at. And oftentimes take a contrarian position to just generate controversy. Yeah, and it's kind of sad. Uh, someone in my Telegram chat posted that evidence, and we've seen this. You know, AOC. There was this guy uh, who's got—I forget the name. He's got this Reagan channel who got big. Yeah, early I know you're years. About, Yes, right. I forget his yes. name, but um, he he got big because he showed with the evidence that AOC was like she was a bartender, and the system the regime the globalists whatever they pulled her out of there and made her big and it seems like that's the same thing that happened on the conservative side with candace owens somebody pulled this you know a young actress talent agency lady candace owen and then made her into who she is today and that's kind of disheartening you know that our heroes in, in in many for me i feel like that's fraudulent for me the hero is someone who's doing something and organically they rise up to the top but uh, if the system assists them, I'm like, okay, then this is not a hero. There's some other game going on here. That, there's some other game they're playing with us, with these people, psychological uh, operations. You know, Jordan Peterson, some people talk about now, look, look what he's doing now. He's he's kind of, um, he used to be this dissident and now he's moved, moving closer to the, the, the globalism. So uh, anyways, it's time for our break. Uh, Jose, we'll be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Who says legislation isn't a contact sport? 
We nearly came to blows today in the United States Senate as Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma squared off against Sean Butterbean O'Brien, the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. O'Brien had been very critical of Mullen on X, tweeting, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Just a clown and a fraud, always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Mark Wayne Mullen read that tweet and said, here is a place, now is a time you wanna go? And Butterbean said, let's go. Cooler heads like Bernie Sanders intervened. They weren't going to come to blows anyway. This wasn't quite the caning of abolitionist Republican Senator Charles Sumner by pro-slavery Democrat Senator Preston Brooks of South Carolina in 1856, but it was good to see a Republican show a little spine, show a little enthusiasm for his position. Now, if we can only get Mark Wayne as focused on election integrity efforts and on budgetary issues as he is on posts on X. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. The thing that drives me every day as a dad is him. Every day he's hungry for something. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then it kind of starts to work itself out. You're with Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, it's our last segment with Jose Nino, Venezuelan American based in Texas. Jose Nino unfiltered on Substack. And I was looking at your feed over at X, and uh, I, I'm always searching for smart people, good resources that I can follow, add to my intellectual arsenal, so to speak. And this was an, a fascinating thread that you shared by Daniel DePetris, uh, who writes for Chicago Tribune, Newsweek, uh, among others. He's a lover of Mexico. So, hey, uh, he says he did a thread on quick points on the relationship between Iran and Iraqi Shia militias, as well as the sponsor proxy relationships in general. Funding and arming doesn't necessarily translate into command and control. Sponsors often have a tough time controlling the proxies they support. It's not unusual for the proxy to disregard advice from the sponsor. Interests and goals aren't identical between the two, which means proxies will very often make their own decisions independent of the sponsor, even if the sponsor doesn't like it. See the Houthis in Yemen. Uh, and I think that this was fascinating, and I think it's correct, whether we can apply it to maybe U.S. sponsoring Al-Qaeda or ISIS or Iran sponsoring, um, you know, as you're saying, the, the Iranian militias or, or Hezbollah or whatever. Uh, I thought I thought that was fascinating. You, your thoughts on this and then maybe the wider situation in the Middle East. Yes, um, there are. <clears throat> I know there's some people too uh, affiliated with the Libertarian Institute and Antiwar.com that really emphasize that, that anytime they hear um, you hear like or read like a story of Iranian-backed militias in Syria attacking um, U.S. forces. It sh you should be kind of skeptical. Like some of these hosts, um, like uh, Joseph Solis Mullen and um, Kyle Anzalone and them, they 
they make that point that you should be kind of skeptical of this because a you don't know what like where are they getting this evidence from and b like how much control does iran have over these militias in terms of their day-to-day operations like to be sure they're very likely funding them and giving them logistical support but when it comes to like carrying out attacks and what type of campaigns they're going to do they might have a, a lot more autonomy separate from iran so that's something that's not um generally taken into account and i think this leads to a broader point though where i think there is a narrative that's being placed by the media when they do this reporting where they want to blame iran as much as possible to build a case for eventually attacking it that's really how i see it yeah i mean we can see that a mile away it's it's i feel like at some point i mean they they're going to go to war with iran they're going to do it but that that's their plan they've gone to war with all the other countries that they've said they did go to war with iraq um syria libya uh, and they said the last you know, one of the last dominoes is iran and so they're just trying to garner uh support you know they're saying oh hezbollah is coming in through the mexican u.s border uh mm-hmm. they're gonna launch false they're gonna launch cyber uh assaults um and 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 so forth um and i did want to add i thought daniel de petrus who did this thread he said why he ended it concluding why does any of this matter because if you aren't working from an accurate baseline you run the risk of implementing stupid policy like taking military action against the Iranian military itself that could lead to a wider war the U.S doesn't want uh to fight although as you and I, as you just mentioned there are uh a core group of neocons Wolfowitz doctrine people who do want to fight this war um you know any other thoughts as to what's going uh on I I did mention earlier this was amusing for me how Russian authorities now want to outlaw LGBT uh they've labeled it the international LGBT they, they want to label the international LGBT public movement as uh extremist and if someone's going to call me a transphobe I'm going to call you a Christophobe or a heterophobe or whatever seriously I I really don't care because look if a majority of Russians don't want this what that you know they they don't want it they don't they just don't want it so what what are your thoughts on this well it's another sign that in many respects this may not be so much a law directed against the LGBT community per se, but rather a symbolic law to stand against the West because LGBT degeneracy and this just movement to just put it in people's faces and constantly make it public. It's very much a Western, a collective West phenomenon. It's not something that you really see organically being promoted either. This is stuff that's pushed by the NGO industrial complex and a, a series of private actors and Russia um, is very much well within its rights to really clamp down on this. Um, But I think that you're going to see more of these crackdowns against socially deviant behavior in the Orient and also just broader restrictionist measures enacted against NGOs too, because these are vehicles for U.S. influence making abroad, and they're very much subversive in my view. 
Yeah, we might see as uh, as you. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know which way the wind is going to blow when you say if we're going to see, um, you know, global South countries um, try to hold on to their more conservative nature, or whether the globalist American empire is going to be able to take down those, um, you know, moral social mores and and those um, obstacles. Uh, in countries like whether it's here in Mexico or Latin America or Middle East, you know, they keep financing State Department keeps financing USAID keeps financing trans gender ideology, Marxism in all these countries. It's absolutely crazy. And, and also, you know, speaking of extremism, maybe get your thought on this. Uh, again, we're, we're, we're looking at all this stuff about um, Israel now. And uh, you shared us. Ron Coleman came out and said the Bible is literally almost entirely about us Jews actually and i'm like well wait a minute it's about the, the all of humanity okay you know, he chose the israelites but then through them god was going to reconcile all of humanity and then again i was thinking about this earlier if we all we're all one race there's only one race one humanity we all came from adam and eve so you know if we go back far enough they're you know we're really all kind of the same uh people but you know there, there was one commentator who said um basically this lady came out and said that Christianity Bethany Mandel she basically said praying uh, you know one Christian guy was praying that Ben Shapiro would realize that Jesus was the Jewish Messiah and Bethany says this is anti-semitic and uh, so now she's saying it's extremist to be Christian to being a Christian is is extremist and I quote tweeted I said this is antichrist her comment I mean factually it is anti-Christian <laughs> to be she's being opposed to Christ and I don't see how is there anything wrong with you know praying I'm not forcing anyone praying that Ben Shapiro or whoever would come to believe in Jesus your, your thoughts now on how they are they've gone way beyond the Rubicon now in in weaponizing this extremist label yes there uh, I would go back to the Greenblatt article that I posted I, that I forgot to really talk about in detail. Um, there's a narrative breakdown now where uh, people are beginning to challenge like um, Zionists at every level from like the government to like the commentary space. And it's gotten to the point where I think these people are showing their true colors actually where um, they're like, I, I've been saying this for a while and i've gotten pushback for it but i've been saying that there are segments of like the zionist lobby and and is in israeli politics that are rabidly anti-christian and in public but also there's some zionists that i've um long suspected that they do try to put on like a goody two-shoes image and pal around with christians but deep down they have like a lot of animosity towards them, especially towards the Goyim and the Gentiles. So um, I see what's happening right now as just like there is a paradigm shift brewing. And when you see these paradigm shifts go down, a lot of people go nuts, especially those who dominated the previous political order. And that, that's when they really expose themselves. Yeah, like I said, you know, I grew up in a Jewish community in Skokie. Uh, Illinois. I've, I've been to Israel. I visited the Holocaust Museum there in Israel, the one in Skokie. 
I grew up with friends and classmates as Jewish, and I got no, no problems there. But again, now they're calling Christians anti-Semites. Uh, absolutely crazy. Anyways, uh, all right, uh, Jose, um, we're out of time. Where do people go to find you? Sure. Yeah, you can follow me on on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Jose Al Nino, and also check out my Substack and subscribe to it at Jose Nino Unfiltered, which can also be found at josbcf.substat.com, and my podcast. Subscribe to that, El Nino Speaks, and that can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and also Substack itself. All right, I'm out of time. Steve Milesberg is up next. Stay tuned. <laughs>